On today's episode, we're going to talk about Josh Powell and Thomas C. Dula. You're listening to Bad in the Boondocks, baby. Bad in the Boondocks. Bad in the Boondocks. People put it down, but what you're supposed to do in a small town. Bad in the Boondocks. Bad in the Boondocks. Lord, have mercy, can't help being bad in the Boondocks. Hey, and welcome to Bad in the Boondocks. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Dan. And I'm Drew. And we are always glad that you're here. Yes. First and foremost, I want to do a huge shout out to and thanks to our two newest patrons. That would be Camille Anderson and Leah Hess. Thank you so much. Woo! (laughs) Yep, thank you. Um, and if you want to become a Patreon and get exclusive episodes, you go to Patreon.com, look up Bad in the Boondocks. There you can select from our tiers, and that supports us and helps us keep on making some podcasts. Also, you can use Himalaya as the app of choice to listen to your podcast, and that way you can become a premium member for $4.99 and also receive Three exclusive episodes every month. Also, you can give us a one-off tip from Himalaya. It looks like a little coin up top, and that's how you tip us one time. Yep. All right. Let's see. Next visit. Redbubble.com. You can get anything that you want. You've been asking for it. Where can I get t-shirts from? Well, I'll tell you. You go to redbubble.com and search for Bad in the Boondocks, and there you can get you can get T-shirts, you can get A-shirts, you can get tank tops, you can get scoop shirts, mini skirts, leggings, which look really good. Drew has a pair. <laughs> no, I do not. You can get clocks, you can get coasters, you can get dresses, shower curtains, bath mats, um, comforters, cups, clocks, mugs. Mugs. Um. <laughs> you can get iPad cases. You can get um, phone cases. Yeah. Notebooks. You can get anything. And you can and get, they all look really want, cool. If you want to become a super fan, get the giant block that has Bad in the Boondocks in it. <laughs> yes, an acrylic block. Yes. And it's I, like 3D Bad in the Boondocks. Cool yeah. as freak. Yeah. I think that looks pretty dope. Yeah. That's what I said today, didn't I? Oh yeah, need them. Um, but go to redbubble.com. That's redbubble.com and look up Bad in the Boondocks. <laughs> and all of our merchandise is there. Go yeah. today and get some. Yeah, spread the word. You can have us on your ass if you want with those <laughs> leggings. Yeah, you can. Yes, you can. And I bet you it will look good. Yeah, I think I'd look pretty good in those. And things. if you do get something, send us a pic of you wearing it or oh pick no, up. No, you... no, no, no. That's what? a little. <laughs> no, I want a pic of you wearing it. Oh, Jesus. And um, <laughs> don't send us news. 
no, no, where the <laughs> no names where, where the, the thing? Oh, you can even get pillows and stuff. Oh yeah, you, you can. could lay down with Bad in the Boondocks if you want oh, to. You can get comforters too. Yes, you Freaking can have it. Have us all over your body while you're laying Jesus on us. Christ. Oh, Imagine how sexy that would be. <laughs> really, sex in the Boondocks. Oh, <laughs> all right, so go to Redbubble.com today and get all your Bad in the Boondocks official merchandise. Next up. One more week of the contest. So, write a review. Write a review. Yeah. And we've changed it to where, after this week, we will be pulling a winner randomly. So, write a review. Send us a pic of it. Email it to badintheboondocks.com. I'm at badintheboondocks at gmail.com. Yes. And you can get a, you can choose what kind of shirt. If you're a girl, you might want a little A cup, scoop cup shirt. Or you can get a tank top, or you can get a t-shirt. Yeah. Or you can get a mug if you want to. Yeah, basically. Or a cup. Yeah, we're just gonna I ain't going to you... say everything, everything off the site, because some of the stuff is a little... <laughs> yeah, some of it's a little pricey. But I meant, yeah. Yes, so, we will. This is the last week, and you get some jam-up shit. Yep. All right. All right. Drew's going first today. I am, and today I'm going to be talking about Susan Powell, or, you know... Josh Powell, who, you know, <laughs> Joshua Powell. Okay. Oh, Joshy. Yeah. So, Susan Powell lived in West Valley City, Utah. She disappeared on December 6th, 2009. The sad thing is, is that she had two young boys to take care of, Charles Powell and Braden Powell. Oh, they were cute little boys, too. Would have been cuter in a bad in the boondock shirt, but I meant they weren't sounded, available at the time. Sound a little creepy coming from you. They looked pretty cute. I'm a father. <laughs> I can say that. <laughs> what well, for me it'd be a different story. Yeah, because those you're, kids look pretty cute. <laughs> yeah, it would be way creepy. <laughs> Especially um, wearing your leggings like you are. I'm not. <laughs> and um, she was married to Joshua Powell. No, she wasn't. Yes, she was. You're lying. No, you are lying. No, I'm not. With almost every wife that disappears, you know, police usually suspect the husband as the culprit. Always the freaking husband. Well, I meant rightfully so in this case, as their marriage was not the most jovial one. And how many marriages are? None. And you're wanting to get married so (laughs) fast. There's a few. I don't know of any. I don't know. Yeah, you no, can, you shouldn't have to make it work. It should just come naturally. Making but, it work is way different yeah, than being jovial. I know. I know. Joshua and Susan married on January 20th, 1976 in Portland, Oregon, and then later moved to Utah because of Joshua's father, who loved to exploit others for his own personal gain. Mm. The couple's marriage had issues, many fights they would get into, not to mention Joshua filing for bankruptcy for over $200,000. That's just a little chump of change. mm, A little bit more. That's a lot. That's a lot. (laughs) Friends of Susan felt like there was more to the story than that was on the surface. Susan expressed her fears on her marriage to friends recording some of their fights to have it documented, and even said in one of the tapes, quote, If I die, it may not be an accident, even if it looks like it. End quote. You know what she should have done? What? 
a hair flip jack nance oh my god don't start that stupid y'all like lizzo no she's so freaking stupid no she's not i don't want to get hated for people that like that like oh my but she's she's a strong black lady and she knows what she's doing whatever and she checks her nail i got my hair whatever she told friends that josh was crude and controlling behavior the morning of December 6th, Susan, Charles, and Braden had attended church, and a neighbor recalled visiting them at the Powell residence before leaving around 5 p.m., the day she was last seen alive. The next day, the entire Powell family was initially reported missing by family members. Joshua's mother and sister went looking at the home after being informed that the children were not dropped off at the daycare. After not being able to reach Susan or Joshua's cell, they called the police. After police were informed, they broke down the door to the home, fearing carbon monoxide poisoning, only to find fans blowing at a wet spot on the floor, which was weird. Well, could have had an accident. Could have accidentally peed. Wee wee accident. Or other accident, but it became increasingly suspicious when Susan did not show up at work that day at Wells Fargo Financial. That always sounds so weird. Wells Fargo Financial. Financial. (laughs) Everything was left like she had really just disappeared into thin air. Her purse, car, and phone were left. Then comes rolling in old Joshua later that day. After being told of his wife's disappearance, he didn't seem concerned at all, and police recalled him acting strange. He told police that he left his home at midnight the night before, leaving Susan sleeping, and took the kids on a camping trip at Simpson Springs Campground in western Utah. Hmm, Utah. What time of year was it? Well, the odd thing is that it was freezing outside and had recently snowed. Yeah, that's a great time to carry little tiny children camping exactly. in the middle of the night. That makes no sense. That's the warmest sense, part of the day. That just makes no sense. That's the warmest part. Exactly. And you camp at night to see all the beauty. Exactly. Mm-hmm. When Joshua got back with the kids from the trip, he decided to cancel all of Susan's appointments to the chiropractor and took the children out of daycare. Co-workers of Joshua told police that he was asking them, how in the world do you hide a, hide a body? What? <laughs> what? How do you hide a body? He asked who that? His co-workers. God, some people look it up. So stupid, though. Yeah, but then they would have called him for looking it up. Go to the obviously library. Obviously, he didn't care because he asked I meant- people about it, but... I mean, how many people do you think really have hid bodies, though? Such idiots, though. So stupid. Just asking. Not saying I need to know, but... Yeah, not saying I need to hide a body. Hypothetically. But just saying if one needed to hide a body, what would... Would you hide it in the snow? Would they find it when the snow melts? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And still be preserved because it was frozen the whole time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Stupid people really do that. You know, they just throw them out in the snow and then... They're like, they'll they'll melt They'll with melt the with the snow. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joshua was definitely not slick and arose suspicion amongst the family and officials. 
Upon investigating, officials found blood on the floor at the Powell home belonging to Susan, along with a life insurance policy of Susan's of $1.5 million. Well, don't kill me because you won't get a penny. <laughs> You'll be paying. Yeah, you won't get a darn <laughs> thing for me. You're going to be paying. No, but we'll get something for you. Don't you worry? We got life insurance Yeah, on y'all you. will get something from me, but... Mm, that's why we're keeping you around. We just wait until it matures. No, you ain't getting nothing from us. I know that. <laughs> nothing but bills, baby. Nothing but bills. Exactly. But we're going to get something for you. That's why we keep you around. It's maturing in about a year. Whatever. So You're don't so, you try to so leave stupid, us. Dude. <laughs> Whatever. Um, yeah, I'm not if, joking. <laughs> if I'm not on the podcast anymore, you might know what happened. <laughs> just saying. I'm just playing. I'm not. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, along with distress letters she wrote to her friends. If this wasn't enough evidence pointed towards Joshua, well, police decided to question him and Charles. The questioning concluded that Susan did, in fact, go on the camping trip, which I don't understand why she would really agree to go on the camping trip, but maybe she was forced. Well, did they accidentally forget to bring her back? (laughs) But she didn't return with them, so. Therein lies my question. Yep. Later, after Susan's disappearance, Charles told a teacher that his mother was dead. Oh. Yeah. And at daycare, Braden drew a picture of a van with three people inside of it. I'm okay. And if you're going to murder your wife and have your children around, what you should do is have a talk with them on the way back home. Tell them what happened. To no, them. you tell them not, to shut the hell up and not tell anybody. No, you just make it up and say that the boogeyman got her or something. No, like because that. then they'll say that, and then the police be like, "What's the boogeyman?" Or the teacher will. Little Johnny was the boogeyman. What did he look like? Did he look like your daddy? No, you say, now let me tell you, little Charles, Charles, shut the hell up. Do not speak a word of this, or you're going to go in time out for the rest of your life. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) And he said, okay, daddy. Okay. Okay, daddy. I don't know what happened to mommy. They told me, shut the hell up. (laughs) When questioned about the drawing, he said that Mommy was in the trunk. Hmm, he just telling spilling all the beans. I know he is. He got a big mouth. <laughs> yeah. You, but he, I mean, the daddy must have didn't tell him nothing about being quiet about it. You would have thought that the daddy really would have at least said, "Okay, now we can't say nothing we about can't talk Mommy." About this. Yes. Or Mommy will never come back honestly, to life. That's what I would exactly, say. Exactly. Or Mommy won't come back to you. Right. Or something. There's a good up. thing. Oh, but y'all won't listen to me. Y'all too old. What? Should have done it while y'all were younger. What are you talking about? Nothing. Shut the hell up. <laughs> um, the investigation continued and Joshua became increasingly uncooperative. On December 18th, 2010, Joshua took his children and moved to Holly up. <laughs> to what? Pull all up. Washington. Oh. I don't know how to say it, dude. I really don't. I don't either. Poyala. Let me see. P U Y A L L U P. Okay, whatever. To stay with his father for the holidays. On January 6th, he went back home to Utah with his brother, Michael, to gather their things and to rent out his, um, you know, his last house in Utah. 
Joshua decided to live in Polly up in the same house as the father with his father and family. People said that Joshua returned to Washington because he had lost his job in Utah. Early 2010, Joshua and Joshua's father tried to make everyone believe that Susan had abandoned her family due to mental illness issues and had fled with another man. Yeah, but then you've got the son saying she was in the trunk. Exactly, yeah. It doesn't really turn out very well. Susan's family called their bullshit and publicly (laughs) rejected... Susan's family called their bullshit. Well, they didn't really say... I call your bullshit, but, you know. I call your bullshit. They caught on to their bullshit, you know, and rejected these false claims publicly. September 14th, 2011, investigators believed that they had found human remains in a grave on Topaz Mountain near Nephi, Utah. Joshua knew this area well, having visiting there previously on camping trips. After searching the site thoroughly, investigators concluded that, guess what, there were no human remains and believed that it could have been just an ancient burial site, but that theory was quickly ruled out by anthropologists. While this was occurring, Stephen Powell was getting arrested and charged with voyeurism and child pornography. Wow. Yep. They found out that he had been videotaping young girls, including Susan, Without their knowledge. Susan's family. So she was a young girl? No, I'm just saying like young girls and Susan. Oh, okay. Because you said including. And I was like, how long did they know her? Like, like (laughs) other young girls. Like young girls. And then there was Susan. Oh, okay. Good Lord. Um, Susan's family wasn't that shocked with the arrest and thought it was good time for Susan's father to try to gain custody of the children in which he was awarded. What? Do you have a question, yes, Isaiah? Would you please reread that? So since Joshua's father got arrested... Right. They thought it was a good idea for Joshua to get custody. Goodness, no, that's not at all what I said. I said Susan's father was awarded Susan's custody. Susan's father. That's what I said. Okay. Was awarded custody of the children. Okay. The way for Joshua to regain custody of his children would be to move out of his family home and find his own place. So he rented out a home in Graham, Washington. Or so everyone thought. He just made it look as though he lived there to get his children back. But in reality, he was still living with his family. Anyways, Joshua did not get his children, and it was made in January 2012 that a social worker bring the kids to see him for supervised visits. February 5, 2012 was when the disaster happened. He had then actually moved into his home in Graham at this time. As soon as the social worker walked to the front door with the children, Joshua opened the door, snatched the children away, yanking them inside. He acted as though he was angry, so the social worker decided to phone 911. She was locked out of the house, and a few minutes later, the house exploded into pieces. During the 911 call, the dispatcher was no help at all, and continued to ask her 
random questions and even began to get agitated with her when she was trying to explain what happened. He kept asking her the same questions over and over again instead of dispatching police. He could have gotten her location from the GPS, but instead he took over five minutes asking her what her location was. He told her that he would send someone there after responding to more serious calls and said that an officer would call her. Well, by the time that she ever got that call from the officer, the house exploded. The social worker actually remained calm through all of this and complied to everything she was asked by the 911 by um the 911 dispatcher. Even though that made no sense, you know. So he was really no freaking help. Mm-mm. I mean, he was a loser. He was and you just, can look up this 911 yeah. call, but it's like 10 minutes long. It's was, two of them. Yeah. And it sucks. He was I an mean, asshole. I really feel like the 911 operator should have been. The 911 operator killed him, basically. But to me, to me, I feel like. Because by the he, time he, that there it was plenty took of time for police his to get there. stupid lollygating shit around. He well, could he have said, he could have dispatched the police from the very beginning. Oh, getting, yeah. Her GPS location. Yeah. But she gave him the address, but then she was then like, didn't... how long is it going to take? And he said, ma'am, I'm sorry. We're going, we have to dispatch calls for life-threatening and important and calls. And she said, well, this is life-threatening. And yes, he was just like, whatever. Yes, what he's going to do. I just wanted to reach through the phone and stab that motherfucker. <laughs> Ain't never. <laughs> the dogs in here today. Anyways, whatever. And he's giving me all his I, I really do think that's bullcrap, though. That is. Anyways, both Josh and the kids were killed in the explosion. The horrific part is what happened in the house before then, though. Joshua had grabbed a hatchet and continued to beat Charles and Braden with it, oh. causing deep wounds into their heads and neck. Oh, good The boys Lord. were not dead because of the hatchet. Jesus. Their cause of death was carbon monoxide poisoning. Oh, that's horrible. After hacking the boys, he went into the kitchen, turned on the gas to the stove. There were also two gas cans at the back of the house that he emptied into the home. Like, what's the purpose of doing it to the kids, though? I don't know. But he then lit the lighter, and bam, they were gone. Bam? Boom. That's a really small bam. They were gone. Bam! Okay, that's better. They were gone. The family of Joshua said that he had contacted them while he was in the house to say his goodbyes. February 11, 2013, Michael Powell killed himself. It is believed... No, Michael was the brother. Oh. Of Joshua. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. Good Lord, pay attention. It is believed that Michael and Joshua were working together to kill Susan. But... To this day, Susan still remains missing. Mm. So no closure. There you go. Dum dum dum. That's so sad though. Like there's no closure whatsoever. Nothing except for to him anybody. Dying. Exactly. That's I think that's bull. But that's just crazy. Well, that was quite a story. Thank you, thank you for your compliment. And now for a quick break. And we're back. I'm going to tell you during the break, 
Drew let me borrow the leggings, and they are comfortable. Oh God. God, I could wear these all day long and not even know that I'm wearing anything. Jesus. They look great. They're comfortable, and they're cool. Don't let him fool you. I didn't get any. He got them on self-repair. Oh, anyway, whatever. <laughs> and it's time for my story. Okay. Well, all right. Okay. Surely some of y'all out there re- recognize I that I've song. That. I have never heard it in my it's life. It's a great folk song. Yeah. But it is Tom Dooley. And most people, that's all they know is the song, but there's a little story behind it. Well, yeah. It is about a real man named Thomas C. Dula. And Thomas C. Dula was born on June 22nd of 1845 to a poor Appalachian. Appalachian Trail, <laughs> Appalachian Trail family in Wilkes County, North Carolina. Good God, eighteen forty-five, yes. man! How in the world do people even? How do we even know that stuff is true back then? Uh, journals and records and Jesus. archives. That's a wow. And newspapers from no back then. I actually, we have, then. we have, and if you would like, ain't nobody born then. <laughs> I'm listen, just, I'm just kidding. But if you are, good for you. Yes, you've come a long way, honey. And um, do your thing, but <laughs> but don't do it too much. One hundred and eighty. I know you don't do it too much because you ain't gonna laugh. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, I, we also are members of newpa- newspapers dot com, which goes back. They have newspapers from eighteen hundreds. Really? Yeah. If you would like to use them for any of your research. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I think you could get some crazy stuff off. Of yes, there, you honestly. can. You can. Like. Some, oh my like gosh! In eighteen ninety nine, yeah, eighteen ninety nine, there was a critics. Man. There was a woman, and her husband had whipped her, yeah. and so she got back at him at supper time and hacked him in the head with the axe. Cool. Yeah, and his, they used a lot of axes back yeah, then. They I didn't mm-hmm. All right. Anyway, Thomas Dula. He was born in June twenty second, eighteen forty five, and he was born to a poor Appalachian Trail family in Wilkes County, North Carolina. He had two older brothers and one younger sister. As a child, young Tom attended school and grew up playing with the female foster girls. Anne, who later became Melton, and her cousins, Laura and Pauline. As the kids started growing up, Tom and Anne became intimate. In (laughs) fact, Anne's mother found Anne and Tom in bed together when Anne was only 14 years old. Guess you grew up fast back then. (laughs) Three months before his 18th birthday, Tom joined the Confederate Army. He served as a private in Company K in the 42nd North Carolina Infantry Regiment until the war ended in 1865. So he was a true backwards boy. He was a trooper. Yeah. Literally. Okay. (laughs) Tom Dula was literate proven by the 15-page account of his life that he wrote. Him being literate was highly unusual given the harsh poverty of his upbringing. Well, only 15 pages? 
I don't know if my life story would last 15 pages. <laughs> really? No. 15 pages. Yeah, that's a lot. That's really not much, to be honest with you. Okay, well, he didn't live for very long, I'm going to tell you. He was only 30-something whenever he died. 20-something, maybe. Well. Yeah, 20-something. I think the mine would be longer. Okay. You know, I just talk about one freaking vacation. A lot of it pages. would be bullshit. It may be, but. <laughs> Tom played the fiddle. Wow. And he was considered to be quite the ladies' man. Oh, because he plays the fiddle. Tom did not escape the war unscathed. He suffered various injuries and a stint as a prisoner of war throughout the course of the war. Each of his brothers died in the war, which left Tom as his mother's sole remaining boy. Before the war started, Anne married James Melton, a farmer and cobbler who was a neighbor to both Anne and Tom. Melton also served in the Civil War, fighting in the Battle of Gettysburg. Wait, but I thought the Anne was supposed to be... Anne was who he was caught in bed with. Exactly, so she married a yeah, before different he went, man. Yeah, before he went to war. <sighs> Both men were taken prisoner and returned home alive. Wow. Shortly after arriving home, Dula resumed his relationship with Anne. Given his reputation as a libertine, it did not take Dula long to also begin an intimate relationship with Anne's cousin, Laura. Mm. On the morning of eight, May 25th, 1866, she quietly left her home where she lived with her father, Wilson Foster, and took off on his horse, Bell, never to be seen alive again. While it is not known for certain... What happened that day, many of the stories that have grown out of the folklore of the time implicate Anne Melton in some way. Some believe Anne may have murdered Laura Foster because she was still in love with Tom and was jealous Laura was marrying him. Others believe that perhaps Tom knew or suspected Anne had murdered Foster, but because he still loved Anne, he refused to implicate her after he was arrested and took the blame for her, the murder. Jesus, this is weird. Anne's cousin, Pauline Foster, testified that Anne had led her to the site of the grave one night. Really? Witnesses testified in court that Tom made the incriminating statement he was going to do in whoever gave him the pock, which is syphilis. Oh my God. Testimony indicated Tom believed Laura had given him syphilis, which he might have passed on to Anne. Oh my God! So there's a lot of shit going on in 1800. So Tom and they was su- Tom was a player. So Tom was doing Anne. Anne. Wait, Laura. wait, wait. Let me. Tom was wait, dipping I his stick. Re- I'm gonna everywhere. Recount. He was dipping the pee everywhere. I'm okay. Count. Okay. Here we go. Everybody wanted Tom's pee. Tom was doing Anne, but mm-hmm. then Anne was doing second guy. That she married. Yes. But then he was, then then he she came was back. cheating on her, her husband with Tom. Then Tom went back to Anne. So Anne was with Tom and the other guy, and Tom was with Anne and Laura. Yes. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And just 1800. Jesus. <laughs> the local doctor testified that he had treated both Tom and Anne for syphilis. Yeah. Wow. As he also did Pauline Foster. Pauline? Yes, that's the other girl he was doing. Wait, I forgot. That's the one that died. Pauline. 
the one that got killed or right. the one that died? Yes, the oh, one that got shit, killed. I thought it's Pauline. It's getting confusing. Who who exactly is Pauline? Pauline is Anne's cousin. Okay, and so is Laura. Right. She has two cousins. Yes. Well, I think that Tom and Anne killed her. Well, Pauline, per the doctor, was the first one that was to treated for syphilis. Oh, my God. So okay. what I'm thinking is Pauline gave it to Tom. Tom gave it to Laura. No, Laura. not Laura. Anne. He wasn't doing Laura. What? I thought that he was. No. Well, then you got me all confused. I said, so then Tom was with Pauline. and Oh, had, yeah, he was. Okay, then. That's three people. It sure is. Exactly. So then Tom gave it to Laura. And then Tom then, in return, gave it to Anne. <laughs> Yes. And then Anne probably gave it to the other man. <laughs> wow. Much of sex fest, ain't it? Yes. Many believe that Tom may have caught the disease from Pauline Foster and passed it along to the other Foster women. <laughs> wow. Like you just said. So that he got it from funny. Pauline and gave it to Laura and then gave it to Anne. Oh Remember, God. Laura was who he, they thought he was going to marry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Tom thought that he actually got it from Laura. Right. Laura is the one that got killed. Jesus. That's something else. They believed all that he caught it from Laura. Exactly. Whichever of the three killed her, okay? <laughs> exactly. Laura's decomposed body was found in a shallow grave in which her legs were drawn up in order for her to fit in the hole. So it was kind of like she was cannonballing it. Yes, I understand. She had been stabbed once in the chest. That's it? Yep. Wow. The gruesome nature of the murder, combined with the low murder rate of the place and numerous rumors that circulated in the small backwoods town when she was killed, captured the public's attention and led to the enduring notoriety of the crime. How do knobs go through bones? Very hard, yes. Isn't it odd? Someone has to be very mad at first to get it straight through your collarbone, too, to go through your heart. Yes, it does. That is insane. The role of Tom in the slaying is unclear, but he fled before her body was found. When he was declared a suspect, working for a time for Colonel James Grayson, under the assumed name of Tom Hall, across the state line in Trade, Tennessee. Grayson would enter Fork Lower as a romantic rival of Tom's. But this was not true. It was simply an incorrect inference drawn from the lyrics of the song. You know, because in the song it says, if it weren't for Grayson. Something. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and became more widespread as the facts of the case were largely forgotten. Grayson did, however help the Wilkes County posse bring Tom Dula in once his identity was discovered. you got to be joking with me, but they didn't even have any kind of forensics, <clears throat> nothing okay. really. All that they could do Drew, is... I don't mean to make you sound any kind of slow, yeah. but this is 1800s. I know, they didn't have nothing. They didn't have but any forensics But just probably an then. opinion. They probably just had like an opinion, or either someone seeing... That them do it. So, like, I I feel like Tom could have gotten away. I don't really know why he didn't, because they were, they were on horses. Who knows? 
Who knows? After Tom Dula was arrested, former North Carolina governor Zebulon Vance represented him pro bono and maintained Tom Dula's innocence of the charges. He succeeded in having the trial moved from Wilkesboro to Statesville, as it was widely believed that Tom would not receive a fair trial in Wilkes County. Dula was convicted and, although given a new trial on appeal, he was convicted again. His supposed accomplice, Jack Keaton, was set free, and on Tom Dula's word, Melton was acquitted of the crime. So Ann Melton was acquitted because he said that she had nothing to do with it. I think they got this all wrong. He was executed nearly two years after the murder on May 1st, 1868. So he was born in 1845. He was executed 1868. Jesus. That's a while. That's, that's only 28 20, years. Yeah, that's, that's how old he was. He was 28. Jesus. His younger sister and her husband retrieved his body for burial after at the execution. In 2001, Tom Dula was quote-unquote acquitted of all charges. After Are a, you serious? After a petition was sent around Wilkes County and to the county seat. You just said in 2001. Yes. Jesus Christ. Why does it even... This action was unofficial and had no legal force, though. And they also redid his grave up and everything in the 2000s. So it was just a freaking petition that said that he didn't do it. Right, but he was acquitted, but it wasn't official. So that, next time you listen to that good old folk song, Tom Dooley, Hang Your Head Down and Cry. Hang down your head, Tom Dooley. Hang down your head and cry. That's what it is about. Yeah, and I want to exactly thank it. Karen Ortolano. I think that might be how you say your name. That is not how you say your last <laughs> name. I'm sorry. Yeah. For bringing that case to uh, my attention. attention. Because I also did not realize what the meaning of that song was until I researched it. Yeah. And my case was also a case suggestion as well. So thank, just thank you all. We love you. We do love you. <laughs> and I'm loving these leggings. Oh my goodness, shut up about leggings. Oh wait, no, never mind. Anyways. I'll give them back after we're finished. <laughs> well, anyway, um, don't forget, go to redbubble.com and look up Bad in the Boondocks to get you a little bit of Boondock merchandise. Yep, you will not regret it. And uh, Also, tell a friend. That's That's your mission this week. Give us a good review and tell a friend yeah, so that our, soul, so our that downloads can, have been really bad this week. Don't tell people that. Well, they have. I don't know. if Nobody's been know listening either. to us. I have no idea, honestly. I have no idea. Like, they went from... Way good to way bad. Extremely high. Like, to... Boop. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I don't understand. I don't know. I'm not going to say the numbers. No, I'm not either. I'm not going to say We're the numbers. We're not telling you that, but they're but down mean, there. They're down there. Now, they're not like... They're down there. Now, they're not like 20 or anything, but but they are. But anyways, I think, that, <laughs> I think that that's all that we have to say. I think that was a pretty good story for your part. I don't know if mine was good or not. It I, guess good. You can, I guess you can talk to me and see if it was good. But give us those reviews, take a picture, and send it to badintheboondocks at gmail.com for your chance to win yeah. a free merch item. Yep, and we'll let you pick off the We'll let web, you pick website, from a good but, bit. But 
Yeah, you'll have you, a lot of you choices. You can't get like a comforter or something like no, that. No, we'll give you choices. We'll give you choices. You'll have a good bit of choices. Exactly. We'll let you know what you can choose. But anyways, from. thank you so much for staying tuned and listening to us. Go to Patreon or Himalaya Premium. Yeah. Until next week. You know who I've been? I've been Stan. And I am always Drew, and we will see you next time. In the boondocks. Down the boondocks. Baby. Bye, bro.